Good morning, everyone. And especially if you are here for the very first time, um, we'd like to extend a word of welcome to you. And if you are visiting with us today, we hope and pray that you feel very welcome. I get excited about the fact that people come here for the first time so that I'm not the only first timer. Okay, so I'm not the only newbie. So if you're here, it's wonderful to have you with us. Today, we're really happy to have Diane and Scott with us. Diane is in training to be a pastor in the Methodist Church, and she is part of the ECC, the Everglades community, which means she's part of us. And um, she's on that journey. And there are moments today where we come to celebrate with the life of us as a church community, and Diane has come to celebrate and help us in our healing service. But as we come today, there are a couple of things that we cannot miss. Okay, first of all, I know Karen Brooke is going to hate me for this, but it is Karen Brooke's birthday today. And like Karen Brooke doesn't kind of want it. And so Karen, a very happy birthday. Karen is the first person I knew at New Horizon and she was a wonderful first person to know. So thank you, Karen. And today we celebrate with Marnie, and Jackie, won't you stand up? They reach a phenomenal 50th wedding anniversary. It is incredible and congratulations. When, when your daughter was telling me just about how she came here with you when she was young, what an enormous privilege it is for us to be able to celebrate with three generations and knowing that your grandchildren are up in the children's church. And thank you for, your, for, for being honorable and faithful to God in this place. So we really celebrate. So it is good to celebrate together, everyone. Um, and so thank you for joining us for our healing service today. Diane is going to lead us in a call to worship. But as we do that, I'm going to ask that we stand and hold in silence for a moment part of what the memory of today, September the 11th, brings. And amen for all those silent prayers that we've held in our hearts. Good morning and let us be called to worship. May grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2. We have come to lift up our brothers and sisters before the Lord so that they may receive healing. Let those who seek God's healing open their hearts to the spirit of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. Lord, all our and all our 
the Lord redeems our lives from the pit and crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. So we're going to sing some songs, and this is where you play a very important part. You're going to clap your hands, you're going to sing, you're going to dance. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so you're in a place where you can move, you can dance, you can sing, because guess what? You're alive and you're breathing. Amen?
you can, put your hands together for the King of Kings. you 
think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me. I'm not talking about no one else. I can only talk about me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me, I can't skip a beat in giving him thanks. I can't, give, I can't skip a beat of giving him praise. I can't skip a beat of giving him worship because worship is what my God deserves. Is that amen? amen? I wish you get excited about it because you know what? When you know who God is and what God has always been doing for you, things you know of and things that you don't know of, he's a great God. And that's why I can say everything, 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 God is everything to me. Lord, you truly are everything, and we are so grateful. 
if you'll bow your heads with me for this morning's prayer. Lord, we come before you this day with hearts that are heavy with remembrance of tragic events. And we know that we would like to set aside our hurts and our losses, our fears, our grief and our anger to come and worship you. But we admit that there are times we fall short of this goal. There are times when it all just seems to be too much to bear. So today, Lord, we remind ourselves and each other that you never asked us to bear it alone. You've told us you will never leave us or forsake us, that you hold us in the palm of your hand, that you care for us, that you comfort us, that you weep with us. So today we don't set aside. Rather, we give it over. We give it over to you, Lord. We give all of our hearts, all of our concerns over to you. And we worship you with the praise and thanksgiving that you are worthy of. Lord, heal our homes, heal our cities, heal our nation, heal our world, and mostly, Lord, heal our hearts. If you'll please join with me for this part of the prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, who can banish all affliction, both of soul and of body, show forth your power upon those in need, that by your mercy they may be restored to serve you afresh in holiness of living through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Friends, we come to a moment now where we will receive the offering, but before we do that, I'm going to invite Karen and Diane to come up again, because today we will share as part of the offering, you know, part of what we do in community is we celebrate the time, the talents, and the treasure that we have together. And our church has been on a journey, and it has been on a journey in establishing what it means to to be a witness for this generation and for those to come in the visions and hopes that we have felt God stirring us in. And so part of that journey has been to build a new building and also to be in community with another church, the Everglades community. And so part of that journey has brought us to this moment that we want to honor as a community as we celebrate how that journey has brought great gifts, great talent, and many sacrifices. And so I'm going to hand over to Karen to share a little bit of where we are in the journey as, as New Horizon. Today, on behalf of the Finance Committee, it is my pleasure and joy to bring you an update on the sale of the Everglades Community Church property. Thank you. Ready to go. The sale of the ECC property 
grossed at $812,580. And that proceeds being $767,000. We started our mission building with $2.5 million. That was the cost of the mission building. Our congregation, thank you so much, raised over a million dollars. <throat> our mortgage was $1.532 million. In 2021, we paid $100,000 towards that mortgage. And this past week, we paid $900,000 on the mortgage. That is a, an amazing amount. It brings our mortgage down to $532,000 with a monthly payment of $3,603. I want to extend heartfelt, heartfelt thanks to the congregation for honoring pledge commitments and for unpledged donations for this purpose over the past six years. We are grateful to the Everglades Church and the families that worked hard and sacrificed to sustain their church and property for 25 years. We have been blessed to be a reci the recipient of this property, which has now been used to satisfy a large portion of New Horizons mission building debt. I also want to express gratitude to the leadership and trustees committee for their diligent work Thank you. To get the building ready for sale and to see the process through to the closing. This was a tremendous task, and we thank you for your efforts. Our financial position will be more manageable with less debt so that we can concentrate on paying forward God's blessings to others through our current missions and those in the future. Thanks be to God. God is good. Amen. Karen and Diane, it is a privilege for me to walk into this very at the end of a long journey and to see how people from one generation to the next, we give sacrificially. I'm happy that there are a few charter members in this building today because you will remember the journey of starting the vision. And so it is a privilege for us to continue what God has set in motion. And I think, Karen, you said it so appropriately that we will be faithful in, in play, paying forward the gift. And so we have asked Diane to pray for us. Just as she stands here, we acknowledge the community of the Everglades and many faces we will never see, but the gift of their mission lives on here in this building. So thank you, Diane. It does. God's work is never done. Amen. <laughs> we worship a good and generous God. So let's pray for the offering that we received this morning in his name. Awesome Father, as followers of your son Jesus, we promise to love you and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We pray that what has been given in this offering shows our true thankfulness to you, God, our rock and our redeemer. We offer this gift to you, God, this offering that has been formed over generations of sacrifices great and small that is given today with our humble hope yet bold confidence in your promises. We ask that through these gifts, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, done through us, done alongside us, done for us, 
done within us, and even in spite of us, so that all that we do, all that we are, all that we have, all that we hold, and all that we have hoped for will be multiplied into new expressions of your Holy Spirit, new expressions of your love, of your justice, of your inclusion and character, and of your reign. Amen. the offering now and as we do that um, I'd like to just mention a couple of things just in terms of what's happening in the life of the church I know okay so I'm trying to figure out which what goes on in the sporting field and I have to confess that um, Scott said today no he's here and he's going to the game and I said which game and I mean, the fact that I'm standing here is a miracle. And, and so I believe the Dolphins are playing today. And I, um, so friends, don't forget that we are gonna get together at four o'clock tonight for Let's Eat. So please, would you come along? The youth are cooking for us. It's gonna be amazing. So come along and let's support them. I know that Lisa is, is running an initiative for the UMCOR, um, which is really part of our relief in, in people that are in deep distress. So if you'd like to give to those buckets, you'll see what's available. Don't forget to just pick up something on your shopping and let's bless people when, when disaster strikes them. Thanks so much.
The anointing of that song has blessed so many generations around the world. So we come to God together today as we come to the scriptures, and I'm reading to you from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 1 through to 10. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he is thrilled and he places it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, celebrate with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. Or what woman, if she owns 10 silver coins and loses one of them, won't light a lamp and sweep the house, searching her home carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, Joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes both heart and life. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen. And so we have been journeying in the, the scriptures according to Luke, finding really how it is that we become disciples of Jesus. And Luke is very clear. He, he wants us to develop a transformed heart, mind, and soul. And so that's the journey we have been on as we have gathered ourselves together during this particular lectionary season. And the season is called the Pentecostal season of the people of God. And so it's how God's Spirit touches our lives. When we come to the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep, what we see, particularly in the lost sheep parable, is that really Christians are called to take action and to help those in need. You know, sometimes we wonder to ourselves, well, what are we supposed to do 
as Christians. And this parable makes it simple for us. We're supposed to take action and help people in need. In this parable, Jesus makes it clear that a life worth living with heavenly rewards is one that seeks people who need help. It's the work of God's spirit in us that actually helps us become the light of the world. And so the light of the world are really us who gather and help one another. In 1951, Howard Thurman preached a sermon and he reflected on the lost sheep. And he said, it's, it's pretty simple. Well, sheep were out enjoying the grass. And then they started to probably feel a little chilly, but they don't really remember when that was. But, you know, they realized that suddenly they became aware that they were cold. But you see, the grass was really good. And, and there was kind of in this moment a throwback, probably in their minds, where they realized that they'd probably been cold for some time. But you see, the grass was good. And so they looked around them and discovered that they were alone, that everybody had gone. And this is when the sheep began to cry. And then the shepherd, who had many sheep, missed them. But he missed them right from the moment that they weren't with the other 99. And there's really nothing deeply theological about this. There's no major dogma. It's not really that technical. It's really about a bunch of sheep that are grazing together and one gets left behind. And we realize today that the shepherd loves his sheep and that he is doing the most natural thing in the world when he goes out to find them. And the sheep are doing the most natural thing in the world by grazing. But it is when they realize that they're out of touch. You know, there comes a point when sometimes, and it is very often when difficult things happen in our lives, that we realize that we're out of touch. That we realize that we're alone. And we realize that it matters that we are with one another. And that's really what this incredible story that Jesus tells is all about. We matter to one another. And being together matters. The sense of community and fellowship is very important in the Christian life and journey. So we've got to spend time with one another. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we get lost. Sometimes we find ourselves outside of community. And part of the journey of healing is one that calls us into a non-judgmental place of community. We cannot forget that Luke wants us to be very clear that it was all the tax collectors. Do you notice that? I don't know how many there were, but I mean, all. Is it the IRS? <laughs> Go figure. You know, all the IRS are there 
And I don't know how many of you have been around prostitutes lately and sinners, but all of them were there too. Not with the IRS, but, <laughs> but they were there. And then there were a group of very religious people that were grumbling and saying, like, we don't like this. And so the truth is there is something very, very messy about community. But ultimately, it is, it is the condition of our hearts that must melt into a deep compassion for one another. And so from that place, I'd like to speak just briefly about our call to healing. You know, we are going to have an anointing time just in, in a few moments where we're going to invite you to come forward to be prayed for, for healing in your life or in your family's life or in your friend's life or in your partner's life or in someone's life because we need to do that in community. You will notice that most of Jesus' ministry happened in community, whether it was at a wedding feast or a banquet or in the celebration at someone's home. He gathered people and it was in community that he begins to set them free and to heal them. When two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, his presence is here. And so we are called, we are called to hold faith for those who have lost their faith today. We are called to, to believe in healing for those who cannot believe in their own healing. But the generations that have gone before us have reminded us that we call healing into one another's lives. And so we'll be invited in a while to, to stand before, in, to before one another and to, to really be humbled in front of one another. I know that so often when we are ill or when we need healing in our lives, we want to hide it. We are so good at hiding pain. It is the one thing that we have mastered is hiding pain. And there is a word that we love to use, and it's, it's called fine. How are you? Fine. It's like, don't go further. I'm not telling you how I'm, you know what, I, and, and I, I'm just like, I'm fine. And it's the way we say it. And it doesn't matter which country you say it in, it happens in South Africa too. When people ask you how you are, I'm fine. Stop. You know, we are called to be the light of the world, but Judy, it is, it is in the moments where we let go of the false images, even of ourselves, that light begins to shine. The genius of Jesus' ministry is that he embraces tragedy. I mean, that's really what the cross is about. It's tragic. The genius of Jesus' ministry is it's, it's his suffering, it's his pain, it's the betrayal. It's his death. All of that brings us to God. There are no dead ends in the ministry of Jesus. It seems as if the answer really is that Jesus bears our cross. He bears our pain. He identifies with our wound and our suffering. Today I'm wanting to suggest that part of what we become is we become wounded healers filled with compassion for one another. And that we allow our pain, our disease, our struggle to become a sacred pain. 
So rather than seeing that outside of Jesus, isn't it true that we speak of the fact that by his wounds we are healed? How is it that ultimately Thomas begins to realize that he can, he can make it? It is when he, when he touches the, those, those wounds, when he enters the wound of Jesus, that suddenly his life is transformed. There is something about the call of Jesus and the call of Christians that bring us straight into the wounds that we carry. And it is there that we discover God. He enters our pain. Jesus says to Peter, a little bit later on in Luke, he says, Peter, you must be sifted like wheat. And once you have recovered, then you in your turn can strengthen one another. Part of our journey is to strengthen each other. There is a sense sometimes that we become true healers when we have ourselves strengthened. And somehow it is in the touching of another person's wound. And so often it is people that have experienced, not the same because none of us are wounded in the same way, but similar ways that we can strengthen, we can feel it, we can feel strengthened by one another. It is when we have compassion when we don't just talk about compassion, it's not just talking. You know, compassion is too light a word if we speak about it. But it's when we live through it that we can grow spiritually. And so today I want to speak about the wounds that all of us have, every one of us. That we have the freedom today to, to ask God, just like that passage calls us to, to allow our hearts and our minds and our souls and even the defensiveness in our bodies to experience his healing. One of the things I'm very aware of is that when we drive around, we see an enormous amount I love it when children enter the room. Do you notice the energy changes? Do you notice that? The energy lifts when children enter. I mean, I love that. It's like, yes. And I love the fact that they spot out their parents or those that they've come with. And that is like the amazing thing. There they are. There they are. And, and suddenly they link in with their parents and they belong and they feel safe, right? And so we look around us. And you will notice there are lots of hospitals here, right? I've seen a few. We invest in medicine in a huge amount. And I am a deep respecter of the incredible miracles. There's a little girl that I'm praying for at the moment. She's nine years old. She's gone through two heart operations this weekend. And I would love you to join me in praying for Sloan believing that God is going to heal her. And without the genius doctors attending to her, she would, she would never be able to even go through this incredible operation. So we invest dramatically in the medical field around us, but we are also called to invest into the places where our souls need to be poured out today. And so I'm going to invite you to to allow God 
needs healing to touch your souls. Perhaps there is something in your mind that is troubling you. Perhaps there is something in your body. Perhaps there is something in your heart. God wants each of those wounds to become sacred wounds today. Maybe you are suffering today from betrayal or abandonment or rejection or divorce or the loss of a job or struggles with your sexuality. Maybe you're struggling today with the head answers that are just not satisfying or sitting well. We don't touch or heal one another's heads until we've healed our hearts. And so today, we stand together as a community believing in the power of Christ's cross to heal our wounds. Let us pray together. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of healing that Jesus lived throughout his ministry. He went looking for the broken. And you call us today to be among the sick. And you remind us in scripture that the elders of the church and the community must come together and pray for the sick. Their prayer of faith will save the sick. And you will raise us up. And so, Lord God, we come to you this day in silence. And as we do that in this moment, we pray for one another. We thank you, Jesus, that today we can celebrate that you have died for our sins and that you love us and that you forgive every single one of us. And as we come this morning, whether we're here in the sanctuary or whether we're joining the service online or whether we are listening to the service at any other time, we are a community together seeking your healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite those that will be joining us in the, in the prayer time, if they will please come forward, and those that are going to be anointing, if they will also please come forward. So friends, we're now going to pray together the, a thanksgiving over the oil that will be used in the anointing. And you will notice that on the little tables, there's little bottles of oil. And you're more than welcome to take that oil home with you. Um, just for your own use at home, you might want to anoint um, your family. You might even want to anoint your house. Um, it's just it's a way of actually just claiming God's presence in our lives. And so let us give thanks to God 
over the oil that we will use today. Let us pray, O God, the giver of health and salvation. We give thanks to you for the gift of oil. As your holy apostles anointed many who were sick and they healed them, so pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us today and on this gift that those who in faith and repentance receive the anointing may be made whole through Jesus Christ our Lord. Pray for this world as a church and let us pray together. God, we hold space for hope, hope of healing of all that is broken in our communities, our nation, and the world. We long for a world where robust equity allows thriving inclusion of all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. space for hope, hope for comfort, and we do not sense your presence where we desire to find you, in guidance to see your presence where in our stubbornness we refuse to look. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. hold space for hope, hope of healing in the midst of a global pandemic as we experience distress, isolation, and loneliness. We long for a world where those who fear forgotten due to poverty, illness, caregiving, incarceration, persecution, and depression experience your love through our actions. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. space for hope hope for a return to the blessing of gathering in community at our churches schools meetings and workplaces we long for a world where we may once again break bread together lord in your mercy hear our prayers we hold space for hope hope for the needs and concerns of those gathered here the hopes expressed by those who pray and leave their messages here, and those hopes carried without the words to name them. Mm. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. today for the continued healing of all those 
uh, suffering emotional and physical scars from the events of 9-11, MSD, Uvalde, and so many others. May your spirit breathe new breath into clouded lungs, new life into troubled minds, and new warmth into broken hearts, so that all may feel wrapped in your loving embrace. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. And let us together say, Healing God, work a mighty work in our lives today, mending all that is broken, making your loving presence known, forgiving us for our part in creating the problems of our time, working miracles in our midst, that healing and being healed, we may return to beloved community. Amen. Friends, we invite you now to come forward and light a candle and receive an anointing of the cross upon your head. We are doing it in a way that is COVID um, particular. We will be using um, Q-tips as we anoint you, so it will not be used on someone else. You can feel comfortable with that. We have little matches for the candles. Um, that are at each station, and once you've uh, taken your light from the candle on your match, you can light um, the, the, your candle, and then you can put it in the water so it is extinguished. We also have those that would prefer to come forward and to kneel We can and light a candle. We are here um, to pray for you and to anoint you, and we also have little candles for the children if they would prefer to light these candles or the real candles. It's up to you. Um, but friends, let us come forward holding hope as we have prayed together. Hope for everyone that whatever we bring before God today will be healed through the laying on of hands, prayer, anointing. Amen.
Just thank you so much for being patient um, and just allowing this to be a sacred space with one another. Didn't realize it was going to go so over time. So thank you very much for that. Let us pray together. For we are healed by your wounds, every one of us. And so, Lord, as we leave here today, may your spirit be upon us as we walk in your healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We can't leave until we've sung. I'm sorry. Um, just because it's like such an exciting thing to do. Um, and then it, I'm going to ask you to stand with me now as we conclude our time together in a moment of worship.
saying that we are the friends of God, that we are loved by God, that we are set free by the Spirit of God, and that we can fellowship with Jesus throughout the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget to join us for some fellowship coffee and some wonderful eats, and we'll see you at 4 o'clock after the Dolphins match.